You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com, on this Wednesday. Well, that was quite the day yesterday. First of all, President Trump certainly has all the immediate attention. Answered the question whether or not he'd still be able to commend, uh, command excuse me, media attention. The answer, obviously, is yes. Uh, there were parts of the coverage that I thought were actually good for those of you that followed it. There were no cameras allowed inside the courtroom. You saw a very solemn uh, president. And then even the the coverage, I thought the helicopter coverage, of first of him arriving at the plane at West Palm Beach, take off, then him arriving at the New York airport. I thought that was some of the best coverage of riding the Trump Tower. I thought that was some of the best coverage of, uh, of the entire two-day episode here. Now, last night, I'm going to play some of the sound, but quite frankly, I, I thought that it was a missed moment. I understand that maybe his legal team were telling him and his people just stick to the teleprompter, but I, th- I think he could have used a little humor last night. I think he could have used that you have the crowd. Everything was building up. We finally had a chance to hear from him, and and it was a rehash of old grievances. It, uh, it, was, it was dull. It was boring. How about, I? you know, I, I, I've had better Tuesdays, but that's why they make Wednesdays. Or, well, first of all, I want to, you know, say hello to the New York police. How about a round of applause for police who were terrific? And, uh, and it was good to see some of our firefighters. And I wanted a bagel as soon as I got back. It did feel good to be, be back in New York and and uh, say hello, you know, something, some enthusiasm. It's too bad I couldn't take in a Nick game. A um, little cold for the Yankees, but first of all, it felt good to be back. And then, you know, listen, the reason I pled not guilty is because I am not guilty. Place would have erupted, but that is that was not the moment. Maybe he was exhausted from everything that happened. Maybe there's so cautious or trying to be cautious about everything that happened that they just have him following the teleprompter but i started like everyone else i started to watch it and then it's just the old grievances when he starts getting into russia 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 and the whole it's just who is writing this stuff who thinks this this is someone you know he he used to have just the rolling state of consciousness with the the crowds and would do the rallies night after night in 2016 and they were entertaining and funny and and just he has that ability to deliver some great lines but all of that it was all there was nowhere at least last night and and i believe you this was this he was live on cnn again um he had all the coverage they had building for it wasn't just a Fox situation. It was on MSNBC. It was on Fox. And I just thought it was, I thought it was actually pretty boring. So I think it was a missed opportunity. I know that um, once you get past, you know, people are saying it's not a, it's not a very strong case, which it isn't. We've been saying that. And it, it's, it's not a strong case. And that, that Alvin Bragg, there's totally a political nature to it. I think people were also shocked that the judge was saying, okay, we'll see you back here in December. Um, it, it's not, you know, people are thinking like, well, jury selection should be in a television show. Jury selection starts the next day. It's not a TV show. And it's actually kind of convoluted a little bit. Um, I believe that President Trump had a lot of attention and eyes on him last night and i just and i know the trump loyalists are going to say every because they say everything that he did does is fantastic but i believed little humor could have been good if he had said you know this we dealt with it today it's a bump in the road and we're moving right on with the campaign but throwing down the gauntlet and going through the whole list of the grievances um I, I want to see how this plays out. Now, this is also not the end of a lot of his legal challenges. Now, I know some people are going to dismiss all of it as it's all kind of the same. I'm not convinced of that. Obviously, because of who it is, it gets made into a bigger deal. But conversely, as a result of 
um, of of who it is, and it's a former president, that they certainly you know move a little more cautiously. But I think um, well, I'll go through. This is a recap of the whole day. I was. Maybe he'd be better. Maybe after his people told him you got to be serious and everything else. But I, um, I thought he could have used. I thought they had had him a little tight last night. That's what I thought. Let's listen. This Criminal is the defendant Donald Trump was on a flight back to Florida to deliver a defiant address. I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. Trump claiming the case is politically motivated and denying all wrongdoing. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election and it should be dropped immediately. Immediately. But prosecutors say it's Trump that interfered in the 2016 election, alleging he repeatedly made hush money payments to hide personal scandals and falsifying documents to cover it all up. The former president surrendered to authorities in New York hours earlier, stepping out of Trump Tower with a raised fist, waving as he stepped into his vehicle. Inside the courthouse, Trump was treated just like any other criminal defendant, arrested, fingerprinted, and processed, but no mugshot or handcuffs. President Trump remaining silent until he entered the courtroom, then pleading not guilty to all 34 felony charges. Still cameras only allowed inside for just a few minutes, capturing this image. The former president at the defense table, stone-faced with his hands in his lap. Prosecutors say Trump orchestrated a criminal scheme where he repeatedly and fraudulently falsified New York business records to conceal criminal conduct that hid damaging information from the voting public during the 2016 presidential election. Catch and kill scheme. That is a scheme to buy and suppress negative information to help Mr. Trump's chance of winning the election. The indictment alleges Trump worked with his former lawyer and fixer Michael Cohen and his friend, former National Enquirer publisher David Pecker, to direct hush money payments to at least three people. The most well-known case, the $130,000 paid by Cohen to porn actress Stormy Daniels in the campaign's final days. But prosecutors allege the National Enquirer also paid $150,000 to former Playboy model Karen McDougal. Both women say they had affairs with the former president. Trump says they did not. And prosecutors allege the Enquirer promised to act as the eyes and ears for the campaign, even paying off a Trump Tower doorman who was trying to sell a story about Trump fathering a child, which the tabloid later concluded was not true. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. During the hearing, the judge warning all parties to refrain from making comments that could incite violence or jeopardize the safety of individuals. But the former president turned right around. During that address at Mar-a-Lago, he continued his attacks, not only on the Manhattan district attorney, but also on the judge and even the judge's family, George. And Rachel, so much action yesterday, but it could be months before we see another move in this case. Exactly, George. So Trump is due back in court in early December. We know that prosecutors are pushing for a trial to begin in January of 2024, which would obviously be right as the Republican primary is starting to heat up. But Trump's defense team is pushing back, hoping to delay that until the spring of 2024, George. Wait, so... Now, hours... I want to just point out, if they there is a trial, <laughs> well, you saw yesterday, that would have to happen every day. And as the president was sitting there stone-faced, he would have to sit there stone-faced every single day. I mean, I, I I, don't know what to make of it, folks. I think a lot of it, it's, I, once you get past some of it, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of boring. I don't think it is, there's so many different things that people could be talking about. I don't think that's one of them. So, meaning that that's what people want to, want to talk about is going to be that i'm not sure i'm not convinced that this i know right now and i think correctly everyone kind of surrounded the you know circled the wagons because they don't like what's happening to them and i agree with that and it does seem to be a waste but i just don't know how much and if it's a good use of the attention all right 
it's it's Wednesday. We're going to talk to Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon Pest services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe. Mainly focuses on Rhode Island. It is Dan McGowan. Dan, I do want to start off, talk about a tale of two different uh, basketball programs and I think you kind of got a taste of it when you went and saw PC play UConn at their home arena. They they didn't just, you know, eat, eat their way through. They blew out everyone, essentially, and destroyed the tournament. And I don't know, a weekend that had, you know, Providence College had one of its players in police custody. Uh, instead, Coach Dan Hurley and UConn won the national title. Yeah, what a difference a week makes for PC. Yeah. Everybody celebrating the new coach last week. and then. Obviously, uh, kind of the unfortunate incident, and, and you know we're still going to see kind of the fallout from that. But I, I think you're right. You know, the I think UConn was starting to hit its stride when PC went to uh, stores a couple of you know I guess a m- month and a half ago or, or, or so. And you're right, you saw it there in watching UConn, uh, just in how dominant they can be. Um, and, you know, they, you saw it a little bit too, you know, the first round of the Big East tournament against PC, you know, PC made it close by the end, but I mean, that was a 25 point game, yeah. uh, uh, you know, early in the second half and, and P, what, what UConn showed was they were, they, when they can dominate, they, there's almost, there was nobody in the country clearly that could touch them. And, uh, I think it's a great story for the Big East because, it means, you know, suddenly you look at all the top 25 rankings for next year. You see UConn and Marquette right there. Uh, that's good for PC, too, because it means that, you know, the spotlight stays on the league. Um, and it's going to be a great test for, for uh, Kim English to, to, you know, say, hey, UConn is now the national champion. Villanova was in the final four last year. Uh, you got to get to that point if you're going to really succeed in this league. And, folks, the Globe has – by the way, the, the new coach has been doing a great job recruiting. Plus, you know, as you and I have talked about, you have Patino now at St. John's. So uh, the league, in, in some ways, I mean, it's so strong. Uh, but, folks, there's full coverage in the Globe. Dan, McG- Dan McGowan, I'm just curious your thoughts on this whole Allen Breed arrest. I I know uh, some of the defense and supporters keep hi- highlighting that, you know, they weren't able to – find a gun but uh, the police have to follow protocol when it comes to a domestic incident i i, I can't recall when i mean pc players over the years have gotten into trouble but not to this accord and would you agree that big question now kind of looms to what what does the new coach do about this player absolutely i've been stunned by the kind of quick rush to you know, somehow blame this, you know, in some ways blame this on the police or, yes. you know, or, her. Uh, or, or the woman. And that, that, that was where I was going with this because, the, the, you know, when I, whenever you hear, this isn't, look, it's not always the case, but whenever there's a situation when, you know, there's a domestic incident and then very quickly thereafter, the woman drops the charges. Traditionally, if we, if we take sports out of it, the thought process is is the woman was scared, right? That there's literally there are laws in place yep. so that the woman yes. can, you know, uh, can be taken care of and all those kind of things. And in this case, it felt like a lot of the coverage was, oh, you know, she was drunk or she 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 might have lied. Uh, 
let's not forget that that these things can you know people get scared they don't like you know dozens and dozens every week domestic cases you know get dropped for reasons we'll never know right because that's that's the the, the whole point of it but it, it's not like this means that you're innocent um and so i think it's gonna i think it's a really big it's a big question for pc i think right now the college is doing probably the right thing they've suspended him he's not allowed to kind of work out on campus it's going to be really interesting to see you know what happens going forward because if in fact there are no charges or all the charges are dropped certainly he would be able to make the case that he should be allowed back at college at the college but this is where i think pc is going to have to kind of look at its values and sort of make a decision on whether you want to even be remotely associated with this and by the way you go to uconn next year you go to any of these schools think about the heckling that's going to happen yeah uh, you know and that is a real factor um and so it, I, this this story still has i think a lot of legs and you know, you've been all over this john but can't say it enough the providence police by all accounts did not do anything wrong here no exactly you know what would happen if this was you know the the domestic incident that happens next door at my house or next door at your house right this is how they approach it had nothing to do with the player um it seems to me like they've done a good job so far and and just the nature to finish it out tim and go i think this selective outrage that somehow Oh, she's going to be with the judge. Oh, she, you know, maybe she didn't. She was drunk and said the wrong thing to the police. If you remember, you, you would the 2020, there were groups on campus that they got the job of the, the head of security at Providence College for putting in a, a student email, be cautious that a student was attacked by, quote, a, a dark skinned male who spoke Spanish. That's right. There were huge protests on the campus. And I still don't understand Bill Lynch, <laughs> spokesman of the Democrat Party, and, and somehow he evades the press outside of court, but this is a very serious charge. And I also just wonder, though, so there's some other dynamics to this story. She's older, she's, she's white. Is that she was also there, there was a witness there. There was, you know, she's got a child. There was a child sleeping inside. I, it was seemed all credible. Uh, the, the vase was smashed. And then suddenly, oh, you know, maybe she exaggerated. She doesn't remember things. She's recanting. So the whole thing is dropped. Dan McGowan, you know, make her younger and. Changed, I don't know, still a weapon. She was with them, just could describe the type of weapon. I'm, I'm a oh. little surprised that, that it seems like his defense team is like leading the media through this whole thing. Yeah, well, bingo, right? I mean, there's your there's the challenge that that when you have you know one side who kind of knows everybody and can you know talk about this, and probably I'll be honest, I have not talked to Bill Lynch, I have not talked to uh, Maria Deaton, who's the other one of the other attorneys involved. So I don't know this for sure, but you know how does how does this tend to work in the media? You and I both know attorneys, and you have the conversation off the record, yeah. And the off the record story kind of shapes the on the record story. You know these things very much do happen. Um, now, is it possible this is a situation that gets that, that, that was completely just you know two people who were under the influence and maybe. You know, uh, uh, you know, had a disagreement and it got a little ugly, but wasn't as bad as they said it was. It is entirely possible that that's the case. That being said, kudos again to the Providence police who are saying, yeah. and, and the judge to some degree who's saying, wait a minute, you know, just because you're, you know, the 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 victim, you know, has to some degree recanted this, you know, there is other evidence here. Uh, you know, in terms of in terms of the broken base, like you said, and other things. And so, you know, they can still kind of push forward, although admittedly, it is very difficult without, you know, a complainant, uh, so to speak. No doubt. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think at med urgent care two locations 1524 atwood avenue johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich right across from felicia's at med urgent care when you have an emergency they specialize ambulatory medicine 
They provide immunization school and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, go to AtMed Urgent Care. Avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing. AtMed Urgent Care, when it's an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right, in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. And Dan, as you write in Roadmap, big test for Mayor Smiley. Uh, I'm very curious to uh, the ATB riders. Mayor Lorza, in some ways, almost seemed to kind of try to downplay it and acted like it was, a, you know, almost like a passing rainstorm. They just had to deal with like a nuisance. But it, it's a real problem with the city. And, and I agree with you. Big test to the mayor to see how he's going to handle this. Yeah, this is a situation. I mean, think about the ways that mayors, it doesn't matter who the mayor is, can get into pickles, right? It's usually snowstorms. It's usually, you know, something bad happens downtown, you know, a shooting or something like that. Um, this is one of those kind of bugaboo issues for a lot of people for good reason. It's dangerous. Like anyone who's ever been driving down virtually any main street in this city, you know, on a warm day of the last couple of years, and you see, you know, 20 or 30 ATV riders and the 4 by 4 riders, you know, going by you, um, you know, they can be aggressive. They know they're in a position of kind of power because they're, you know, more nimble and they're in a group and things like that. You know, people have, there have been attacks. There have been, it's, it is more than just a nuisance crime. And I think Mayor Smiley, to his credit, ran on, on quality of life issues as kind of his central theme. Now he has this this interesting situation though where the spotlight's gonna be on him. He's gonna have to actually have a plan here. And you know, you're probably gonna be going out to looking looking at kind of trying to nab some people to make a statement. Because if it's just I mean this was the story of Mayor Lorza for, for eight years was, you know, we're not gonna tolerate whatever incident happens in the city. Uh, I'm going to hold a press conference, but then the follow through wasn't very good. In this case, I think Mayor Smiley has made it clear. I mean, I know that Mayor Smiley has been pushing uh, the new chief, Oscar Perez, to come up with a plan. You know, this is your job. You're the public safety guy. Like, you know, you need to figure this out. So I think it's a I think it's a big moment. And it's the first time that Mayor Smiley is going to be, I think, on all the television stations and in the newspapers and on the radio in a way where you're going to get, you're going to get tough questions about this and how far do you think your law enforcement uh, should go when it comes to trying to stop uh, these people? And so I, I think it's a, I think it's a huge test for Mayor Smiley. What I what I expect though is he knows he's on the right side of this um, when it comes to just like the residents' view of, of the city. He I think he will be a very aggressive with what he says today. I think they will have an aggressive plan. Whether it'll work or not is, is a little different, but I think you're going to see a tone struck today that is going to sound almost like a you know conservative kind of Republican mayor of a, of a city in the South, more so than maybe the kind of liberal, you know, Meryl Lorza, let's, you know, let's all get together and talk about this kind of message. You know, I agree. First of all, I totally agree. What's also interesting is he's he's putting himself out there. He he doesn't have to. He could just have the police kind of initiate a special strategy to combat this. And but he's you know, he's going to take ownership of it. He's sticking his neck out like judge me on this. Yep. And, you know, the residents will will do that. I also um, I like in roadmap you point out. He has been getting himself out there. Notice yes. now Governor McKee has stopped doing Ask the Governor. Right. Uh, I, I was mentioning to some of Dan McGowan, you don't see him on 12, you don't see him on 10, you don't see him sitting down with the Journal or the Globe, he won't do the Ask the Governor. Two different people. Mayor Smiley seemingly is, I won't say everywhere, but he's certainly uh, very available. Yes. himself out there compared with Governor McKee, Dan McGowan, it was two years ago. They just two years ago, he had the, as I've said, the impromptu press conference on the front lawn and talk about he is totally gone underground. 
Well, two years ago it was that. Next week marks 100 days since the new term started. So, I mean, he has been there for a long time. Wow. And you're, you're absolutely right. And, I, and I'll tell you this. One of the things, Mayor, and I've observed it for a, for a while now with Mayor Smiley, even when he was a candidate, uh, it, it reminds me of my early days as a journalist uh, when, when uh, Mayor Cicilline would go on with you, actually. Yes. And would he, they, they have this, he, Mayor Smiley especially has a good understanding that he can go on with Valicente to ask the mayor and sort of be able to say kind of what's on his mind. I don't think he's lying. I think it's actually authentic. I think he likes kind of sounding like he's tough on crime. And the listeners love it. People, you know, he, he dominates the news cycle. Last week it was, I think, about something around police recruitment and that kind of thing. So he kind of can dominate the news cycle with no effect because the kind of the progressives and the people who don't know, who don't really like him, they're not listening anyway. Right. And so he understands he doesn't do that. You know, if he goes on NPR, he's having a very different nuanced conversation. Sure. And and again, it's it is an understanding of how to work the press and work your, you know, your message in the press. Um, I think it's actually been quite brilliant. And it, it's the reason why all along, ever since he took office, I think more and more you're starting to hear people say, you know what, I like that mayor. He's out in front of things. I can call him. I can get help, you know, uh, whether it's big issues like economic development or the little things that, you know, most mayors take care of. Whereas on the state side, yeah, you don't, you know, the only things the governor does now is pretty much staged, right? Um, and the only time you can get him is kind of after a press conference where he right. tells you, you know, what he wants to tell you. And then maybe you get a question in. But I mean, uh, we haven't. I'll be honest with you, John. I haven't talked to the governor yeah. in any extended, uh, uh, you know, length in maybe since he took office. Quite frankly, wow. uh, uh, you know, uh, this in this term. Yeah, I wait. Yeah, this whole business, you have to chase him as he's making his way to the car after whatever ceremony they had. I, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I mean, I did like at the very beginning. He'd have he'd have the COVID briefings and then yes. he had his own briefings initially. But the boy, those days are long gone, especially now. McGowan, you did unveil that Governor McKee does have a plan. They believe this is people waiting for this to try to turn around the Rhode Island test scores. Yeah, I think you're going to hear a lot more about this next week because he's going to try to coordinate it with his 100 days. You'll remember, uh, you know, he, he kind of right after the election started to say, you know, we're going to get Rhode Island test scores up to match Massachusetts by 2030. He hadn't said that before. It wasn't like it was a campaign pledge. He said it after he got, you know, he won. And we've all been waiting. I mean, I ask constantly, what's the plan look like? Can the commissioner come and talk? You know, all those kind of things. And we've seen really nothing um, in public about it. The only thing that I started to hear, and this is what I reported this week, was that what the governor's big message is going to be is that you can't get this done in a 180 day school year. It has to be kind of, you know, uh, a broader, you know, he may call it a 360, 365 day approach. Doesn't mean going to school every day, but it means really doubling down and making sure kids are involved in the after school programs and the out of school, you know, vacation time programming. Um, I'll tell you, it, it's a it's a risky thing. Go back to Mayor Cicilline. Mayor Cicilline was smart at the time when he really invested heavily in the province after school alliance. But let's be clear, there were politics involved there. You 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 know you you become the after school mayor. You can't. You're not fighting with the unions, right? You're, right. It's, it's not like you're taking on anything. Everybody likes after school programming. Sure. Uh, and I think this is where it's going to be an interesting test for, for Governor McKee. One of the things is this, this new nonprofit called Always Learning Rhode Island that's got some charter school people and then Bob Walsh, the former NEA executive director on, on board. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role they play and whether or not this is, you know, hey, look, we're trying or an actual plan where, you know, are you going to potentially have requirements that if you're if students aren't reading at a certain level, they have to attend you know, certain programs, things like that. I'm really interested to see how much is a mandate versus how much is a, you know, look at all the resources we'll offer because the latter sounds nice, but I don't think it moves the ball. Hey, McGowan, speaking of CD1, uh, what's your take on Mayor Central Falls now? Not going to run and like a blast from the past, lively experiment <laughs> on the, the big breaking news that Arlene Violet is looking 
race, looking at the race and as an independent, not running. By, by the way, kudos to to our friend Hummel for for making Hummel. the experiment. You know, generate some news. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, I think you and I are on the same page on this. I think Arlene Violet is a real candidate if she runs as a Democrat, and I think she has absolutely no chance if she runs as an independent or a Republican. Uh, you know, this is a matter of it's. There's a little bit of celebrity there. This is a yep. race that's going to have a lot of candidates. I mean, the way I'm looking at this, Sean, I think if if you kind of start to say maybe it'll be forty or forty five thousand total votes in that Democratic primary, and you have ten, twelve candidates, and at least half of them who are relatively serious, this becomes a race for seventy five hundred votes, ten thousand votes, and if you're Arlene Violet with all the nostalgia. Behind yep. you, and in the willingness, just like we talked about last week with Aaron Regenberg, Aaron Regenberg's kind of a talent like it is guy from the progressive left. Well, Arlene is kind of a talent like it is person, kind of from from the old school, right? She'll yeah. she's not going to be afraid to. Uh, I was talking to somebody last week. Arlene Violet will be the only person who will say, who will admit that you know David Cicilline wasn't wasn't an angel, uh, and and I think there's an appeal to that. Uh, to some degree, and I think she could get 5,000, 6,000, maybe as close to 10,000 votes um, that could put you over the top, but I just don't see it any other way than running as a Democrat. I thought this about Buddy when he ran in 2014, should have run as a Democrat, uh, yeah. could have really screwed up that field. Same way here. I think you know she's a factor as a Democrat. She's not a factor as, a, as anything else. No, folks. Now, also in the Globe is a tremendous number of articles. Obviously, endless of of yesterday. Which, I mean, it, well, I I enjoyed the most the helicopter coverage. Me of, too. <laughs> of, right of whether first of landing in New York and then going to Trump Tower, then Trump Tower down to the courthouse, and then, I mean, it, it's certainly a circus like atmosphere. I thought last night I was so bored. He could have used. I even put out Buddy Cianci after he got indicted said, "Well, you know, I've had better Mondays, but that's why they make Tuesdays." And could have used a little humor in there. And you know, how was your day? And and that's what. And by the way, the when Donald Trump was at his true peak, which I would say was the 2016 elections, Donald Trump was even in those worst moments. Even even you know when the Access Hollywood stuff came out, he was. Still, somebody who could, you know, pull off a one-liner, who could, you know, who could push back against his critics, and was entertaining. Uh, you're right. I, I did not. I feel like the speech was kind of all over the place. It felt grievance kind of driven. Um, it felt it felt much more angry than, you know, in some ways, good nature and like it's almost like Donald Trump kind of winks and nods and says he gets the joke. In this case, he didn't. Uh, now it's a very serious, you know, situation. So I, I get it. But you know, when you have all that free television, that free access to, you know, millions and millions of eyes, I think this is that moment where you, you know, you want to come across, uh, you know, a little more charming than he did. He was the king of New York. Let alone The Apprentice was filmed in New York. How about like, first of all, you know, it was great to see the New York City Police yes. applause. The firefighters applause, you know, I did feel good to be back. I mean, something like that to get the crowd teleprompter. And also, uh, folks, full coverage. Mac Jones was being shopped by the Patriots. Wow. Now, if they don't shop at Bimagawa, look at at also how the Patriots just continue to dominate. uh, Talk about dominating the news cycle. Oh Even my though, God! Uh, you, you barely hear the Red Sox at all. <laughs> you don't. So, well, folks, and we own the team. <laughs> and also, uh, I really enjoyed under podcast uh, Amanda, your colleague Amanda Velsvitz and Ed Fitzpatrick, and the and the Mata tapes are just <laughs> priceless. We're waiting so, for the we're waiting for the hour to sit down with you, though. <laughs> trying, but the more we learn about it. I also, I think it's interesting that she got him when he was still like, yeah, I'll talk to you. I can make this. I, I think the the Attorney General Peter Narona getting involved, which I think is an interesting development in this full coverage of that Memorial Hospital. Um, I, I think that has kind of, for now, put the lid on him. Dan McGowan also, unless I'm wrong, I don't think Governor McKee has, nor did there's been the opportunity, but he hasn't been asked about it or talked about it in any way. That was... That was still his housing secretary and the people that were meeting with, with Dr. Mata. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's interesting, you know, when he, 
the test, the, 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 the thing he's testing is if I ignore long enough, will people forget about it? Right. And the, I, I would say that it's undecided right now. This actually might be an effective strategy. If, if he's not going to get pushed, if he's not going to, you know, be forced to ask the question, my job too to be, to be doing that. But if he's, if he gets, you know, kind of off the hook in some ways, then he does get to dictate kind of what's the next thing. The trouble with Dan McKay with Governor McKee has been it, it tends to be one thing after another. So, yeah. you know, you forget maybe, okay, fine. It, you know, remember, once it gets warm out, you start thinking about the homeless, you see them more, but you're not as concerned about them, you know, freezing on the steps of the state house. But for Governor McKee, you know, whatever the next issue is going to be, he, he tends to not handle all of them particularly well. Uh, and I think he can't run forever. And Dan McGowan, just finally, what is your take on Tony Silva back into the mix? Well, I, I, you know, to, to me, they're, they're, on one hand, you say, well, I guess the governor, if nothing else, is incredibly loyal because he's willing to, you know, put a guy who caused a lot of grief for him uh, in those early days of his administration, uh, you know, when he became the governor. He's willing to, you know, kind of go back to him. But politically, I think it's a very difficult thing. And I think this effort to, you know, you're only three months into the job of your first full term, and you're sort of ramping up your political side. I mean, his communications is handled largely on the political side, too, you know, by outside people. He's very much kind of like sort of perpetually in uh, campaign mode, and, and I, I'm not sure that's great for governing. It's be interesting to see how much money he can raise. That, that's what, you know, Tony Silva's kind of primary job is, is to help him continue to raise money. Um, and so, you know, if, if he raises millions of dollars and he, you know, coasts to re-election, then it'll be a good deal. But it's not a great look for sure. I mean, it's definitely something on the back of people's minds. Folks, you hear me reference Roadmap. Uh, so many stories come out of it. And right now, Dan McGowan hopes it arrives weekday for free. In your email, you get it early in the morning. It's linked to all the stories, where it be all the Trump info or articles on the Red Sox or the Celtics or whatever or what have you. And, Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind to extend that offer to everyone who's listening. Absolutely. And very simple, folks. You don't have to do anything other than send me a blank email, rinews at globe.com. rinews at globe.com. I'll sign you up. We'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Dan, Dan McGowan, nice job. And also, boy, very exciting with uh, – the countdown is on for May, and Baby McGowan coming to the picture. We're going to follow that. Uh, Dave McGowan, great job, and we'll, we'll talk to you again. Talk to you soon, John. Thanks. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 252 3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I think uh, this story is interesting. Foxborough School Committee debates changing school logo. Uh-oh. They called the Warriors. Now, it's Channel 10 that has the story. I, I don't, I, I come back to when they, a lot of the schools, they wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be the first ones to do it. Of course, you had the St. John's Redmond. But I just question, like, who are the people, are the people that are really offended by this? Or is it just someone who claims that someone could be offended by something like this. Therefore, we better change it because someone could be offended by this. Here's a um, 
I believe, a short piece of the story. It's out of Foxborough. 545 at the Live Alert Desk. I'm Liz Bates. And the debate over whether to replace the Warrior logo at Foxborough High School was up for discussion at last night's school committee meeting. Some say the logo should stay as its tradition, while some say it's time for a change. All due respect, you know, to everybody involved. My first point would be is I think we're all in agreement that the warrior name is still okay. I believe that if more community members were aware of how hard tribal leaders in Massachusetts have fought to see the end of these mascots and logos, they would feel differently. But there is just so many more things that we could be focused on here in town um, to make this place a better place and to bring us together. This is really going to be a divide and a separation in town. I can see it happening. No action was taken on a possible logo change last night. The school committee, though, is working on scheduling meetings with local indigenous community leaders to get their perspective on a possible mascot change. At the Live Alert Desk, I'm Liz Bateson, NBC10. You know, so there's that. Now, I do want to do a follow-up, the story that I have been following, and it's the Providence College player. And you, if you really want to read what happened, check out the website, Petro.com. This is, as Alan Dershowitz had coined it, the Rhode Island shuffle, where something happens, and then suddenly the police did their job, but then suddenly you have uh, the court system, how it's designed, now have a judge from Pawtucket, then have a defense lawyer in the form of Bill Lynch as from Pawtucket, and then you have some of Alan Breed's lawyers who used to work at the attorney general's office, and suddenly, the next thing you know, they're talking about oh, maybe they should bring the woman up on charges that called the police in the first place. What kind of message is this sending? I want to play Channel 12 caught caught up with um, the defense attorneys outside of court. We're happy that and we um, want to thank the court for their consideration and giving us the opportunity to at least present additional information this morning. Um, I... I think that that was made clear in my statement to the court yesterday that the um, initial allegations made to the police were not as they thought they they would be. Um, And we're looking forward to um, moving forward with this and putting this behind behind uh, Mr. Breed. His reaction obviously what a is message not, to the, um, the students at the, the campus, um, especially female students. We are looking forward to the point where we do get these matters dismissed. We're not there yet, um, but we're looking forward to do, doing that and getting this um, incident behind it. His, we're his really other relieved attorney. that bail was set. We are grateful that the court took a second look at this issue just a day after our client was held. We're Does hoping he own a that gun? he can get back into school as soon as possible and start living his life again without this. Does he travel with a gun? I'd like to call it a bump in the road, but it's going to derail him for some time, and it's unfortunate so, that that has happened. So she said he put a gun on her. To start living his life as much as normal as he can. Well, it's going to take a tremendous effect on him. Um, oh, it is. Emotionally and personally. On him. The school has taken some action that we're hoping they will take a second look at, much like the courts did, and not rush to judgment based on the statements that were made by the complaining witnesses. Was there a witness that saw him arrive Um, there? there? We're appreciative to the state for taking a second look at the evidence as well. Was there someone else sleeping at the house, the apartment? Because certainly Alan is entitled to be... um, have his liberty while he's challenging these charges, which obviously we contend are false. False charges. Very interesting, folks. So, you know, a lot of lessons here. Um, Again, I know some people say, well, the only, you know, it's a he said, she said. This is the allegation is he showed up there and pointed a handgun at her. And then, you know, there was robbery involved. Now, if you read to Petro.com, what his defense team, they still won't answer the question, does he own a pistol? Does he own a handgun? Um, did he purchase a handgun? Where does he keep the handgun? Does he travel with a handgun? What is the team policy regarding weapons? Do they travel with weapons? Are the PC friars? Do we know? Is there a policy that they're not supposed to? What's the policy in the dorm if there's a weapon? Or are they, are they able to bring a weapon in, into the dorm? So I think those are all valid questions. They still won't answer. She said she was with him. It was a tan Glock, and she was with him when he bought it in Georgia. Is that is that not true? Does he deny that? Do they have a record of him purchasing this tan Glock 
in Georgia? I think those are fair questions. And what's the message sent to the young women of the college? This is what happens. Suddenly, she's a liar. Suddenly, it even goes farther than that. His defense team was saying, well, you know, the Providence police should bring her up on charges for calling the police. Boy, that's that's an interesting turnabout. W- what happened to, and Bill Lynch is the attorney, one of the, well, he won't talk outside of court, but he's right there in the courtroom standing next to him. Isn't he the spokesperson for the, the Democrat Party of Rhode Island? I know I've seen him on television speaking out on behalf of the party. What happened to Believe Women? What happened to, this is a domestic where someone shows up with a, a handgun. And suddenly, what we're supposed to believe is that, oh, it was all just a huge misunderstanding. She may have exaggerated. <laughs> Let me hear this from, uh, I just want to hear the Channel 10 piece about this whole story. Here we go. Player accused of a gun felony took a big turn today. The ex-girlfriend who made the accusations is apparently not sticking to her story. Oh. Joanna Morris joins us live in Providence with the new developments. Joanna. Prosecutors say the alleged victim has stopped cooperating with police. Accusations oh. that could derail a promising PC basketball player's career are now being questioned. 21-year-old Alan Breed's ex-girlfriend, 33-year-old Kristen Wynott, accused him of threatening her with a handgun when he discovered her with another man last weekend. Wynott called Providence Police, but is no longer cooperating with the investigation. The state has learned secondhand that she is recanting her uh, original complaint and that she is claiming that she was under the influence of some kind of substance and doesn't remember what happened. Prosecutors told the judge they were no longer asking for Breed to be held without bail. The judge said he could be released on $25,000 surety as long as he stays away from his ex, doesn't touch a firearm, and stays in Rhode Island except when going home to Georgia. If it does come out that she lied about all of these allegations, what could happen to her? So there is a crime in Rhode Island filing a false police report, and if the province police determine that she did in fact make um, false reports indicating that our client committed offenses, which he clearly hasn't done, then they would have to make a decision about whether or not to bring charges against her. Why not? And her lawyer were in court today, but didn't speak. The judge emphasizing Breed's no contact order. There's many things that concern me about this case, and I'm glad that you brought your client in here. I can't emphasize the, enough the no contact order that goes, I can't order her to stay away. She is not reach out to Mr. Breed in any way, shape, or I spoke to Breed's father briefly. He tells me he isn't ready to do an interview. Now the case will go before a grand jury. Live in Providence, Joanna Boris, NBC10 News. You know, and we're, look at how now, they're not saying that it didn't happen. And certainly not that he should be off the hook. But look at how aggressive his defense team is. Well, you know, the Providence police may want to take a look at this and charge her with filing a false police report. All right, folks, it's Wednesday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401 580-1852 based in Smithfield Limitless Outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces Limitless Outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're going to love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 Limitless Outdoors dream build Enjoy. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Remember, weekdays, 
11 to 2. But visit the website, depetro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, depetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at depetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, depetro.com. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Poppin' and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on, and a nice group of people there or you could sit out in the dining room don't forget the nice weather they have the deck open the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln delicious food and drinks awaiting few i'll see you at the lodge 